The following is a production of Art Trap Productions and is made possible in part by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also brought to you by Doctor Who Podshock, the premier international and oldest Doctor Who podcast. Check it out at podshock.net. The Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. With Dave Cooper and myself, Louis Trapani. day arrived and we all came out of it changed rex put the gun down you sent me up freaking and you got paid to do it they've only ever contacted me on one on one telephone number get the number they're everywhere they know everything so if you tried to stop people from seeing the warehouse then maybe he was paid to protect it which would indicate there's something in there Drugs. <laughs> it's legitimate drugs. Ficor. Yeah, you know Ficor, Jack. Ficor's a big pharmaceutical company. There was a delivery yesterday. When was the first one? Way back. Oh, oh hold on. Deliveries go back at least a year. All for drugs. All from Ficor. God. Bigger on the inside than the outside. These are all painkillers? They're ready for a war. No. They were ready for the miracle. Firecore knew it was coming. And welcome to Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. Once again, this is Louis Trapani, and joining me on this show is none other than Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper from Across the Pond. Hello, Dave. Yeah, and uh, I haven't been to the Happy Gopher Club or whatever it was called, and uh, been here all the time. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for that. And as you heard from that clip, we're here to review Torchwood Miracle Day, Dead of Night, which is the third episode of Torchwood Miracle Day. And as always, we are recording this to coincide with the UK transmission, which was on Thursday of this episode. So even though as we record this in the US on Stars, they already showed episode four, we'll be reviewing that next week so that we can be inclusive to 
um, everyone in the UK and um, as well as, well, I, I guess that's really it, really. It's the Canada, the US, and um, the UK, as far as I know, that's showing it. I'm not sure if it's in, if, if Australia has it as of yet. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't answer that. Yeah, I'm just, was there was something that was in, um, something in the news as far as Torchwood is concerned recently. Oh, yes. Uh, well, uh, about, about its continuation. Yeah, uh, Benjamin Elliott mentioned it. Um, uh, the uh, the fact that uh, Russell T. Davis has announced that uh, he's thinking he's about played out with science fiction for the moment. He wants to go back to something with kitchen sinks in it. And uh, the the idea was he was hoping he was going to leave Torchwood in robust health for other people to take over. Um, some of them, obviously, the great writers that they brought on board for this. But apparently Stars has, has then said that uh, they've only really committed to this one 10-episode series, uh, uh, series. Um, and I don't know whether you read between the lines and say, basically, you know, they only want Torchwood if he's still at the helm, uh, or whether they're just, you know, playing cagey with it, because, of course, it's still a joint production with the BBC, uh, although I believe Stars has put up maybe more than half the money and that's the reason, of course, why they're getting uh, the first run rights of it. They're showing on the Thursday, um, the Friday, sorry, before we get it the following Thursday. But it, there's no certainty at all that will be a series five. But whether that's just, you know, well, do you think politics? You think someone else may be taking over the reins? I mean, to hand it over well, to someone else and to, you know, continue it on. Well, I think, I think the thing is that it, it's the fact that uh, Russell T. Davis wants to step away from it, really. I think, uh, I mean, obviously, he's brought on board this team of writers, especially the lady from the uh, the Buffy series, uh, um, Jane. I can't remember her name at the moment. Uh, I should remember it. Um, Tranta? Tranta? I will ask oh, answer that yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and sorry if we had a slight breakup. Uh, we have had uh, thunderstorms in certain areas that have been affecting the quality of audio a little bit on Torchu today. Whatever the case may be, we—I mean—we've waited two years for this Torchwood. So even if he was to take a break from it, doesn't mean that Torchwood would, you would, you know, it, he may come back to it, you know, in another couple of years. Who knows? Right. Well, well, this is the—I think it. it, it it may well be literally to do with how these people operate in terms of getting uh, deals. I mean, it, it goes all the way back to the uh, uh, the Friends, doesn't it, where they stood, uh, cast members stood together to make sure they all got the, uh, you know, whatever it was, a million dollars an episode that they were getting in Series 10. I mean, you don't know how much of this is political stance. Or, uh, oh, thank you, Scardis. Jane Espinson, if I pronounced that correctly. Mm. That's. I don't know whether she would say take over as the lead writer, but she's certainly perhaps the one of the most experienced ones. Well, she's uh, written having... this episode that we're going to be reviewing today, right? So, um, uh, which is of course Dead of Night. Yeah. Before we go any further, then we should, as always, give a warning for those that um, that haven't seen this yet. That. Obviously, from this point on, there might be spoilers for this episode, so... Um. Spoilers. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. Spoilers.
All right. Well, you get the idea. So anything after this will be um, potential spoilers. So if you haven't seen episode three of Tortured Miracle Day, Day of Night, you've been warned. It's, as we just said, it's written by Jane Espinson. (laughs) um, Yeah, and it's Dead of Night. (laughs) Dead dead. What did I did, what did I say? Did day, I say, you said day of night? I think. Did I? Oh, dead of night. I, I'm tempted to say dead of the night, but it's it, that sounds like one of those um, dead movies, uh, yeah, Don't Night be. of the Living Dead type of thing. So it's dead of night, and it's directed by Billy Gearhart, who, uh, um, again, apologies if I'm, if I'm mispronouncing that, had directed the last episode as well. So uh, same director as last time, which was uh, the last episode was rendition. So this, again, carries the story over, and I get a very much a feeling that this is really what it's about. I think Russell T. Davies, who, uh, you know, it's his story, but he has brought in these writers to flesh it out. So I'm, I'm sure he probably had an outline, and I'm sure each of these uh, writers that were brought in to do the 10 episodes have to hit certain points, you know, mark certain things within certain episodes to carry the story along. You know, they can do whatever they want within that reign, but they have to hit certain marks to bring the story forward. And I think that's what this episode essentially does. I mean, there's nothing in this that's, you know, I I would say that's spectacular or, or groundbreaking other than that it just kind of moves the story along. This isn't one of those episodes that you sort of can just like take out of the series and just watch on its own as a standalone because it really doesn't really I I don't think it holds up that way. I mean, it's pretty much like I said, it it bring it picks up where I mean, it's not immediately picking up from last episode, but it kind of picks the story up from last episode and brings it to the next episode. So, like I said, it it's not one of those stories that you can just like pull out of the series and say watch this and and you'll be fulfilled because it really you know we learn more about you know certain things in this episode but it doesn't you know and I don't, I'm not criticizing I don't know you might you might be able to say that with any episode of Torture Miracle Day but um, but I think essentially I think this one the whole one, point about this episode is it, it, it's, it's supposed to be a bit of an unholy alliance between the group. They haven't yet gelled as a, a group. Um, we've we've got um, Rex going off sort of slightly half cocked. Uh, the, the, the way he, the way Knight character director Freakin, he, he you know he goes into uh, his his uh, house uh, and threatens him. Uh, so they, 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 there are quite a few plot, plot points. That we find out a little bit more about. Uh, well, not for whom, but the fact that this man is actually working for a different set of bosses than the CIA. We we find out more that um, Rex has been uh, further ostracised from the CIA. Um, um, one of the things that Rex challenges uh, the Torchwood group on, uh, and they have this basically a fallout, is that you know he's saying you know you know you you you. Uh, calls him Second World War, that's his nickname for Captain Jack, you know, thinks he's completely out of touch, thinks he's from a past era, and he's out of his depth, Um, and of course um, Captain Jack says well we are Torchwood now Uh, and um, of course Rex doesn't realise some of the things that that, uh, he and Gwen Cooper will bring to the table, and that's explored a little bit into the thing, so we we have uh, Rex shown as the sort of hot-headed action man. Um, we have um, uh, the fact that Gwen Cooper 
further on in the story, has still access to some of the uh, Torchwood technology, mainly those special... Um, uh, Contacts. Contact lenses, mm-hmm. which she uh, wrongly says that they are isomorphically uh, linked to her, which is the way that she gets pulled into uh, this uh, meeting that the, the Doctor, Vera... And I, I, I thought the, the, the Doctor was brought into it in a much stronger form, played by Arlene Tour, I think, the Vera Vazes character. And um, Well, I, I think we she, get... she really, I, and I think Darth Skeptical mentioned this in our last episode, uh, I think that she really should be in the in the head credits. I mean, she's, she's really a main character, Ooh. so they have her each, at least, um, I've only seen the first three episodes, so, so far she's just in a guest, special guest star. And same thing with... Um, with Ambrose, um, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting part of her name now. The the, the one that plays Jilly, uh, Lauren Ambrose, La- Lauren. Jilly Kissinger. Yeah, the both of them seem to be main characters. You know, main main leads. So I'm kind of surprised that they're not listed in the head. You know, in the main credits at the well, top of the show. Uh, I think that's trying them to, to ob- obviously make it less clear that um, these are going to be pivotal characters within the story as a whole. I mean, the the the, the second one you mentioned, the, the girl, Jilly Kissinger, played by Lauren Ambrose, you, you think she's a bit of a ditzy girl at the beginning, you're not quite sure. She's slightly off-key, so you're a little bit wary. She's presented herself to the um, Oswald Dane's character as somebody who works in um, personnel and... Um, <clears throat> sort of a personnel manager, and uh, she could uh, she could work for him and take ten percent. And yet here she's represented herself to the Doctor character as um, a spokesperson for this uh, this um, medical team, yeah. which has a very familiar sounding name, very near to a, a real uh, chemical industry's name. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so I think it may well be that the, the certainly the Doctor character. Uh, is slowly becoming uh, a vital member of the team, and uh, I'm sure at some point she'll she'll be. Jo- I mean, by her actions, she has. I mean, um, like uh, Rex says. I mean, uh, the girl says to Rex, um, Esther says to Rex, you know, how did he get to do this? And he said, well, it's not exactly a professional relationship. Uh, he turned up at her house, of course, having fallen out with the rest of the gang. Uh, of course, we're talking spoilers here, so we can say these sort of things uh, for her to if, to force her to help him, and uh, then he collapses, and um, through her finds out that she's got this sort of uh, chip on her shoulder, as it were, about the fact that her mother had had this stroke, and presumably it's never explicitly said, but presumably she'd had to decide to turn the life support system off on her mother, and this is something that weighs heavily upon her. And it's through that conscious thing that she has that Rex says, look, um, although he, he thinks he's, he's, um, he's done with Torchwood and he's, uh, you know, these, these are amateurs, they're not going to get anywhere, they're going to be rounded up soon and he's going to stride off on his own, uh, he realises with that they've got a link in to finding a little bit more. Um, so with the with that and with the phone and also with the the software the Torchwood software that Esther who up to now has seemed to be completely out of her depth she's um, 
still in even in this episode you know uh, when uh, they have that nice scene where uh, Gwen is saying uh, here's, here's your new uh, mobile phone and this lemonade isn't fizzy and uh, all those different things and Esther reminds her that uh, you know that it's a cell phone in the States and so on but then even though she works for the CIA and you think she's fairly well drilled in security uh, it, she's got a brand new phone but she's putting in phone number, a sister's phone number and so on, which, as Rex quite rightly says to her, you know, that will be monitored, all our relatives will be monitored. Uh, proved very succinctly, almost straight away, when Rex tries to contact somebody he thinks might still be loyal to him, an ex-CIA agent, uh, makes this rendezvous point at the hotel, but he's wise enough to stand outside just in case he's betrayed, and lo and behold, the SWAT team turn up and betrayed. So we, 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 in some ways, the plot does move on. Like you say, we found we found the drugs company set up. We found it's a vast thing. One very basic thing is that we find that um, it appears that this drug company we're not just preparing, as Jack thinks, for war. Maybe third World War Three. But they were preparing, as Rex say, for Miracle Day. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and um, just to pick up on some of the points that you had mentioned there, is that we see the ongoing rivalry between Rex and Jack here, and that continues. Yeah. It's and it's and it's sort of in parallel because you know Jack goes off to the bar and, and you know winds up in the, in bed with someone, and so does Rex. In this case, for him, it's the doctor. You know, so we see those relationships growing and i think this this episode dealt with a lot of relationships you know not just between because at the end of that encounter that jack has he calls gwen and there's that phone conversation between jack and gwen saying you know and jack was uh you know saying to gwen that that he only essentially he only has gwen really as uh, you know and he she she and him are the team of torchwood and really in the end even though you know he's you know, had a good time that night, but he, uh, when it comes down to real relationships, he only really has Gwen. Meanwhile, as we see at the end of that phone conversation, Gwen completely forgets that she's on the phone with Jack <laughs> when, um, when Reese is called up on the, you know, on the computer and, and the baby's there and all that. So, can you see me? Yes, too much of you. It's just the baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it illustrates the point that Jack only has Gwen, but Gwen doesn't only have Jack. Gwen has Reese and, and a baby. Tall. She has a family now, and that trumps Jack, and that trumps probably Torchwood as well. And the other thing is that uh, in that phone call, uh, one presumes by that, I mean, uh, it, it, for people not familiar with Torchwood, Captain Jack's uh, escapade that night may sort of, uh, oh, so that, you know, that might be their first realisation that, uh, well, we should say he's actually... I don't know what the word for Jack is. It homosexual, or, uh, but it, it, cause it, because he does uh, have genuine affections. That's uh, the way they in, in, they've in, termed it, omnisexual. Yeah, right. Uh, but the point is that I got the feeling from that encounter uh, that it was remorse as well, because they mention, of course, in a very nice way uh, that Yanto Yanto might have been saved mm -hmm. if this had happened earlier. And I got the feeling that that was the first time that Jack had given. Had a relationship since Yanto's death. Even uh, he'd gone off, as we know, at the end of uh, series three, 
We don't know how for long. We can estimate it somewhat because the fact of, you know, uh, we know that Gwen was pregnant, I think, when he left Earth, and we know that the baby's sort of uh, six or eight months or nine, ten months or whatever, maybe a year old now. Uh, so we can know how long he's been away in Earth years. But um, the um, the point is that uh, I got the, that sort of the fact that he got himself drunk afterwards was the was a feeling of remorse. He might have let the memory of mm-hmm. Yanto down there somewhat, and, and he wanted to call Gwen for reassurance that they were at least still okay. And then, oh, as you say, it was very nice. Then he basically, although I'm not sure he, he realised he'd been put down so easily. Uh, we had that scene. Uh, and then the, we also get the, the bonding between, uh, obviously, the Doctor. And, um, again, we're talking about the UK version of this. Uh, this is the one part that did uh, take cuts from the American version. The, the sex scenes? Um, Is it yes, the- uh, but they did it equally. They, did, they, were, they didn't think, well, one's, you know, one's okay to show because that's heterosexual and the other isn't okay. Uh, they, they cut them both equally to the in terms of the the more intimate parts but whether it almost i, I don't know i suppose the talk around the internet would be that it pro- probably brought more attention to those parts than if they'd have left them as they were and uh well i, I, I mean literally I mean, it was the scenes themselves weren't objectionable. I just felt that it just seemed to me watching it, like the first time watching it, it just seemed like they were just kind of showing it because they could show it. You know, like it it was, you could have implied it without actually, you know, showing it all. I mean, not that they showed a lot, but I'm just saying it. And, and again, I have no objection of them sh- about them showing it if it's part of the story. If it, and, and this, you know, the, the fact that they had, they were intimate with each other did play a part in the story, but I, I you know, whether or not we had to see as much as we did, I don't know. That's, that's well, not, uh, not that. I'm, I'm a bit of, yeah, I'm a bit old fashioned and I don't mean old fashioned in terms of what type of sex it is. I, I'm a person that, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think sex belongs in science fiction. Certainly, uh, but I mean, that's only my initial reaction. Um, I mean, it's just like anything um, else. Like, let's think... let's say someone needs to wash their hands in the, in the restroom. Do we need to? I mean, unless there's something a scar on oh. their hands or something that that is revealed in in that scene that that moves the story along, we don't really need to see that. If if someone needs to, you know, there's just certain things that that can be implied or whatever that that doesn't necessarily need that you need to show it. You know, unless it, it like I said, it, it, there's a it's crucial yeah. to the storytelling so this i didn't really think uh you know i think you could have um gone without you know and again i have no objection of seeing it it's just that it just seemed like uh, it was it just seemed like they were just doing it because they could do it that's all uh, uh, to, to, to just make it clear to new new people to the characters that this was part of his uh, makeup and aspect uh, and uh, but the thing is that um like you said about the bathrooms, uh, washrooms as you call them, uh, here in the UK about in the last, not so much now, but five or ten years ago, virtually every play you saw, every conversation between two men seemed to have to be at the stalls <laughs> in a washroom. You know, it was ridiculous. I mean, yeah. why why that was required does, or not, I don't does, know. does that really happen? I know I 
I maybe I'm unusual, but I really don't carry out conversations when I'm doing my business at a stall in a, in a men's room. Yeah. Maybe I'm unusual. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I've seen yeah. that a lot. I uh, I mean, not to say that it, it never happens, but it just seems to happen more. It seems to yeah. happens more in drama settings. And and it, you know what? And I know I'm not alone because when I'm in you know in restrooms, I don't see other guys talking with each other at the at the stalls either. So. Yeah. <laughs> They are some nice insights for uh, everybody. But, yeah, uh, the, the thing was, um, I think uh, one of the, I mean, again, we're not, we're not moving beyond three. And, in, in fact, I haven't seen beyond three. But, I mean, instance, I. I think they're having difficult, well, they may be having difficulty in introducing some people to some of the more far out aspects of Torchwood. Uh, for instance, um, um, Jack's uh, device, you know, his jumper, his mm-hmm. time hopper thing and his thingy. I mean, um, they've not really given any hints as to that, but presumably it's going to play a part somewhere down the line. Uh, now, is that going to come right out of left field for some people when they, you know, let's say, I'm, I, I, if this is a spoiler, I apologise because I don't know, but if, let's say, they're caught in some... It, you know, in somebody's office searching for stuff and, and, and the person's coming to the door and they all grab hold of his hopper and, and you know, magically jump into the, uh, the you know, the uh, broom cupboard next door. Uh, people are going to say, well, that, I didn't see that coming. So, Well, they, they've been very careful to, to re-explain and reintroduce previous concepts that we've seen already to new... Uh, viewers, just like with these contact lenses, you know they reintroduce. You know anyone that uh, that has been watching Torchwood from the beginning would already be familiar with this. So you know, but here they purposely set it up, you know, and that's why they have these new characters. So it it serves as a device so they could reintroduce certain ideas and concepts again to uh, to these new characters, and thus reintroducing them or or introducing them to new viewers that you know they're hoping to pick up here in the U.S. So I think right. they'll do the same thing with his wrist thing. If he's to use it again, somehow they'll, you know, they'll explain it to the audiences what ahead of time what you know what that's about. Right. Would it be appropriate time to perhaps go to that second clip as we have a few people join us in the room? Yeah, we'll go to the second. Li- I just want to remind people that they can call in. You can call right now. To, our number is seven two four 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 seven four four four, and the call ID is one one zero eight two five. And you can go to talkshoe.com dot com and put yourself in the queue. And um, yeah, there's a free. You can create a free account there and put yourself in the queue. What we want to do is remind people about Audible.com, which is a um, the premier provider of digital audiobooks. They have over 85,000 titles to choose from, which covers all sorts of, well, every genre, which um, be it business, romance, comedy, thrillers, and of course, science fiction and fantasy. And they have a good selection of Torchwood titles, too. So we always like to um, make a selection or a recommendation. Uh, you can... Um, go through the whole catalog they have as I said over 85,000 titles and everything they have will play on your iPhones and Kindles and Androids and well over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere so and for you listeners of Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 
14-day trial, so you have a chance to check out their service. And even if you don't continue, you still continue to keep you. You can keep your free audio book. To download your free audio book, simply go to audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi. And that's all one word, no hyphen in the sci-fi. So again, that that's audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi. And what we're going to do today is we're going back a few years, and we've done this the last few episodes. And once again, we're going back to uh, Tortured Border Princes, which is a story by Dan Abnett. And it's narrated by Eve Miles. And what we'll do is we'll play a little from it to give you a little sample of, of this selection here. They came out onto a vacant lot, tufted with virile weeds. The eastern end, marked by an ailing chain-link fence, was flooded with standing water six inches deep. Gwen could smell the river. Ugh, she said, suddenly unsteady. Christ, did you feel that? Nausea, a wallowing unease that reminded her of the car sickness she'd suffered as a child on family day trips. The big back seat of the old Vauxhall Royale, stopping and starting in the traffic all the way to Carmarthen. I've got a headache, James said. Have you got a headache? Yeah, said Gwen, realising she had. Came on suddenly, like a switch. Yeah, come thick straight. Thick? What? You just said thick. I meant think. I know what you meant. I can't think straight either. I'm having real trouble focusing. You mean trouble? Said Gwen, pinching the bridge of her nose. What? You said stubble, but you mean trouble. Didn't? Gwen looked at him. She was getting visual disturbance, squiggles of yellow light and peripheral flashes in the corners of her vision. She'd never suffered from migraines, but she'd read enough to know that this was what migraines were supposed to feel like. "'What the hell is this?' she asked, slightly scared. "'I don't know,' he said. "'He managed to grin and put on a beaky voice of his favourite cartoon character. "'But I ain't gonna get into no flap.' "'That made her laugh. "'Jack was tortured rock and soul, but James was its heart. "'He could make her laugh in the face of the end of the world. "'We're on.' "'Someone was running towards them, a girl in jeans and a T-shirt.' She was running kind of funny, Gwen thought, spastic, her arms shaking, her face was twitching and blinking. Hello? James called out. The girl stumbled to a halt and wavered in front of them, blinking at James, then at Gwen, and then at James again. Each swing of her head was abrupt and made her sway. Big. Big, big, she told them. Sham, 69% of cat owners. Anthropomorphies. Gibbons. Big gibbons decline and fall. Then she dropped to her knees with a hard, bony crunch. Kneeling, the girl threw up on the gravel. Gwen went to her quickly. The girl said something and pushed Gwen away. Then she hurled again. Even diluted by the wind and rain, her sick smelled wrong. There was a strong, ketone stink. Behind that half-mast plastic and a burned sugar. Big... The girl slurred and dry heaved like she was trying to exhale her liver. Gwen looked up at James. What the hell's wrong with her? And there you have it. Torchwood, Border Princes. And uh, Dave, have did you um, did you read or listen this to this one yet? Uh, no, um, I've got the. I, th- I think I've um, 
I think I got all three at one point, but I moved house around that time. Ah, uh, I see. So I only, the second book's the one, I think it was, um, oh no, it's Slow Decay. Slow Decay, that's what we it, recommended last week. So yeah, I think yeah, this was the released read. The same, around the same oh, time in 2007. And uh, th- this is, um, I mean, the story is kind of... Um, Somewhat vague as for there's there's something that shouldn't be there, something that's watching, and the members of Torchwood are there to locate this whatever intruder that's in Cardiff and contain it before anyone gets hurt. But they seem to be out of their depth here. So that's um border princes, pr- prince princes. I, I want to say princess, but it's it's princes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, again, if you'd like. You could choose anything you like, but if if you'd like to uh, select this torture title or any torture title or any title you like, go to audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi. No hyphen in that. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash British Sci-Fi for your free audiobook. But actually, I think we can help. Julie Kitzinger. Hi. Pain management in newborns is something that we've already got going on at FICOR. So we can roll out a strategy. Fine. We've got a bigger problem. Somebody got off a plane from New Delhi in Boston last night, and now we've got cholera. I warned you. I seem to recall no shortage of clean water in Boston. Turn on a tap, gentlemen. Can we talk about the situation in the ER? I'm going to keep warning you. We're going to see more of this every day. We discovered this fire course shit, but everyone's been turned against us. We're still on the run. We can't trust anyone. But they can't have got to everyone we know, and they can't be tracking the cell phones because they're new. Warned you. Whoever these people are, they're good, and they're ready for us, which puts us back at square one. We tackle FICOR ourselves. And is that standard Torchwood policy? As far as I can see, you got all your staff killed. They were my friends. Yeah, dead friends! Rex, don't. Uh, you want me to stop? I'll stop. Who the hell are you people anyway? Dr. Warren. Let me need you to dress this again. Are you saying the pharmaceutical companies knew it was going to happen? Only one company, mm-hmm. Firecore. Some woman called Kitzinger. She wants me to go to some kind of private meeting. Well, you know you have to go and find out more. I need to know what they're doing. You break in here, threatened to expose me for helping you, and now you want me to what? Spy for you? Yeah, will you? No! Firecore knew, Vera. Gwen, I had to call... Are you drunk? A little. I was thinking, um, this would happen a bit sooner. I know. You'd still be here, Mianto. Dead friends. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I wish he was here now. Not much of a team, is it? We still got each other. You and me. Just like the old days. Yeah. You left me your number because you knew I'd give it. Okay, I'm not the CIA. I don't go undercover, but maybe I can get you inside. Yes. Well, that goes to directly to what we were just talking about before, about the relationships that were illustrated in this episode. And uh, not only just between Rex and Jack and um, and Jack and Gwen and Gwen and Reese and obviously the baby. What we really didn't talk about was um, there's also a growing bond between Esther and Gwen that we see in this episode as well, where 
there was some doubt on Esther what Esther whether or not she is meant to be with the Torchwood team and if she can play a part in it. And th- there's a certain yin yang between Esther and Gwen that we're, that we're seeing. You know, sort of. You know, where Gwen sort of has certain elements that that maybe Esther's lacking, and, and vice versa. And it maybe together they can complement each other and. And, and learn from each other. But it, there definitely seems to be a friendship and a bond there that, that we see growing in this episode. Yeah, we also have the other thing that, you know, society's not slightly breaking down, but, I mean, we have this emergence of these people wearing the masks. Well, that, that's the, the, the soulless. Yeah, the soulless. And I don't know about this group yet. I mean, it just, the, the, first of all, the, the masks look like they're all commercially produced and all that, but it just, they, they really haven't really been explained or I don't really see them as a believable group. I mean, even, I mean, there are groups that form in the U.S. all the time, but they're, they're never so uniformed or, I, I don't know, they're just, mm. I, I don't, but, I, it, maybe yeah. we just uh, need to see more of it, whatever. It just seems, it just seems a little unexplained and, and for that point, for that matter, believable that. Well, well, I think they were trying to bring in a few points. There was, there was also like the the the, uh, the doctor Vera earlier on trying to explain to this copper that somebody should be charged with murder, even though this woman hasn't died, and the cops saying, "Well, we can't even use the word murder now." And um, uh, and then we, like we said, the, the club that Rex, uh, that uh, Captain Jack goes into. I assume those those little badges or buttons that people are putting there were, you know. Buttons of people, uh, the sobriety, meaning they, they weren't going to drink, or whether it meant that they, they were going to stay loyal to one person, I'm not quite sure. I think they might have been sobriety ones, meaning they weren't going to drink, weren't they? But they'd, they'd gone in and decided, well, what the hell, you know, things are going berserk. We had uh, the, one of the meetings that Vera goes to, uh, uh, and one of the doctors, you know, about this dilemma about uh, no, uh, no pregnancies are being spontaneously aborted uh, when the child is massively malformed. They're still being born. Uh, they're worried about uh, viruses coming in from other countries and so on. Uh, mm-hmm. But Vera, and again, Vera impresses the character about um, the fact that she's fo- trying to focus the group down on what really is the expedient thing that they have to deal with at the time. And uh, the, um, the uh, not Esther Drummond character, the... Um, Ooh, do 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 do. Forgotten the name. Now. Vera. The, the, yeah, Jilly? The, uh, J- the, yeah, the 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 woman who presents herself as from the drug companies. Julie Kissinger. Julie Kissinger character. That's it. Um, you know, she she recognises that this is somebody that she needs to make contact with for whatever reason. We're not really sure at this point. Okay, so once again, um, as we've been saying before, if you'd like to uh, chime in, put yourself in the queue, and we'll get you on board. Uh, A couple other points is that we seem to discover here that Oswald Danes is now recruited by FICOR, and this is something that that goes to what you were just saying, that this Julie Kissinger character is playing all these people and bringing them together, and obviously there's some sort of plan here that's unfolding. Yep. Uh, There was also a a reference to... uh, a Doctor Who reference early on, which was in the first clip that we played, the the bigger on the inside was a little reference to Doctor Who fans, I think, there. Uh, I don't think I know. <laughs> well, well that, that, I mean, it's the same with the the, the answer. I mean, uh, I hope uh, that Darth and Romano will, will come in on 
speech, because certainly Romana, I'd love to hear what she thought about the fact that Yanto got a mention, because I do know in the past she was considering that she probably wouldn't watch any new Torchwood that came about, simply because of uh, how that character's passing was was dealt with. Um, so well, it's interesting to me that she's, uh, you know, I assume because she's on here, uh, wants to contribute and has, uh, has followed it. There, there seems to be herself in the queue. There, there seems to be some inconsistency here uh, as they, you know, how they kind of treat living and death. You know, where you know we uh, we see, as you mentioned earlier, about the scene, the hospital scene with the policeman and um, the woman that was strangled, and there has to be a point where you know even beyond the state of living in a certain condition is worse than death and you know obviously that's why you know they want to welcome death back because you know they're still alive and conscious in states you know that would be um unsufferable you know that that's just it's it's unthinkable of living that way so that's why what doesn't make sense is the oh i just lost the name the, the doctor's character um, viewer, when she speaks about her mother and the massive stroke that she had, and if this came, if this happened sooner, you know, if she wouldn't have to. But if she had a massive stroke, she, her living, her quality of life would be horrible, and that's why she had to make the decision to whatever decision that she had made. You know, was yeah. was made. So, it wouldn't have cured. It wouldn't have cured us. That's that's what and, I'm getting at. That, is that yeah. it's, it's it's not it's, it's this miracle. Um, this lack of death is just that lack of death. It's not a cure all. And even we see here with Rex, wound is still is is still constantly bleeding. It's still, it, it seems to. I mean. Obviously, the, it, it, I, we don't know how much time has. I mean, maybe it just hasn't had time to fully heal. But um, he's we're still constantly being reminded that he's injured. Well, well, again, the, the one factor to count there. He's not exactly lying in a hospital bed recovering. Yeah, well, that's maybe the whole thing. If he, yeah. if he laid I, down and didn't keep disturbing the dressing, yeah, that, that's uh, he true. Would slowly be mending. I mean, they did say on the triage, triage thing, the episode before, that you know the minor people they should now treat first. Uh, mm-hmm. because they can be treated and got out of the way. The ones that are really in a bad way, apart from the fact that whether they're in agony or not, uh, you know, they're not going to die on them. I'm ready to hear what others have to say, if that's okay with you. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Let's, <laughs> let's get, uh, we have uh, in the queue right now, we have Samantha Romana 2. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello, boys. How are you? Hey, Romana. Hey. Um, I'm good. Um, I wasn't. I didn't know you were doing this, um, talking about torture every week. So I thought I'd come on the show because I haven't really get, given my opinion of the new torture um, in podcast land yet. So, yeah. well, uh, you're st- you're in Australia, right? Yes. Okay. I, I know. Yeah. I know you were abroad at one point. You were in the UK. I was just, I was just wondering if you're back at at home now. Oh, I've been back in Australia for a good, almost a year now. Okay. Um, I am going back to the UK for a little bit, but... Um, well, let me ask, is is it yeah. being shown anywhere in um, in Australia yet? Is I know it's on space in Canada and obviously in BBC in the UK and, and stars in the US. Um, do you know anything about Australia, whether it's coming? Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we get it. We, oh. we get it before the UK does. Oh, okay. Well, so you do get it. Okay. All right. On UK TV, we get it on Saturday nights, which with the time difference is only about oh, 
five hours before after the UK, um, US showing we get it. So, um, yeah, we, we, we're getting it before the UK, which is incredibly weird because it's always been the other way around. The UK always gets things before Australia does, and it's just the well, fact that we're ahead. Canada is getting it, too, on, on that Saturday, too. So, I mean, I, I have no objections with Canada or Australia getting it then, but it just seems that since um, <laughs> it just seems that the UK is, is, is a little... Um, you know, I don't know. It's just you. It, you would think since there, it was there. You know, it's it's partially. I know it's mo- it's it's a star series now, but you, I, I think um, BBC Worldwide still has some you know influence in it. That it, it just seems unusual. From what I've heard, the BBC could have shown it a lot earlier. They just chose not to because they're silly. I don't know why, but that was the decision the BBC made was to show it a week later, which is causing all sorts of chaos um, online with, regarding spoilers and all sorts. But um, but anyway. Yeah, well, um, we're of course only talking up to episode three. Yeah. I don't think you want to talk about one and two at all, but no more um, than three. I honestly, and this is probably going to reflect on how, what I think about this series so far, is I honestly can't remember much from episode one, two, or three. What's most in my head at the moment is the newest one I'll just watch, which, of course, I'm not going to talk about. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been classically on record as not being a huge liker of Jonathan or the direction that it's this new series is taken with the whole disbanding of the, you know, moving Torchwood away from Cardiff, moving it away from the hub, killing basically all the all the all of the cast, and this this, this change, you know, of, of tone of making it more darker and you know. Um, do you so, think Do you think it's darker right now than it was uh, with, let's say, Children of Earth? I think it is. Um, it, I, w- I won't say any more, but the the, sec- the the newest one especially, it's getting even darker. I mean, wow. one of the characters, one of the characters you're following, is a convicted pedophile and murderer. I mean, you can't get much darker than that, really. And there's a lot of points in this series where you kind of, you know, you you kind of on his side, and then you kind of like. Mm, well, we see that. We see that displayed in in the in, in episode three. We see both um, the police rough him up, and the, he was chased. And meanwhile, people watching him on television are enamored with him. And uh, which I don't know, it seems a little st- far stretched, but I, it happens. You know, I, I know you know some people, you know, marry people well, that are convicted in prison just because they they have some sort of strange romance with them. So, it's, yeah. But in amongst all that, like, go ahead. I'm I mean, sorry. Like, I am giving it. A, I am giving this series a go. Like, um, I know a lot of people who feel similar way to me are just not bothering watching it at all. Um, I just, I just, basically, the road to this series in Fortress fandom has been a very long one, full of drama and infighting, and it's just, been, it's just needless to say, it's been a long two years. Um, just waiting for this to come about, and now it's finally here. It's just really weird, and and I'm trying to get into it. I mean, I really am, and I'm just not connecting with it yet. I mean, I must admit, I'm starting to get there. I really like some of the characters, the new characters. I really love the character of Jilly Kissinger. I think she is fantastic. Um, it really doesn't help that um, Lauren Ambrose is absolutely amazing as well, um, but. 
I don't know, it's hard for me because I became a fan of Top with, you know, series one and two, and I really liked that format. I know a lot of people didn't, but... um. The, the episodic format where each one, each episode yeah, was its own story, real less, more or less. Yeah, the monster of the week thing. Um, because I just felt it kind of gave it a more series, you know, you had your character development was there, and that's what I really followed. Like the original five characters, I loved them all, um, some more than others, of course. I won't deny Yanta was always my favourite from the beginning, um, which made sure that all the all the heart more hard to watch, but. Um, you know, that's what I enjoyed. And then, you know, the breaking down of that and Children of Earth and the pretty much just, you know... I mean, Children of... I'm, I enjoyed Children of Earth more than I'm enjoying this, and that's really saying something. I mean, I just thought the pacing especially was a lot they, better paced. Yeah, they've, they had only five episodes to tell that whole story. Yeah. And it may, you know, this hasn't played out yet, so I don't want to judge this, you know, too soon. So maybe at the end of these 10 episodes, we may say that uh, Children of Earth worked better, you know, telling the story in five episodes than than this telling in 10. We'll see. Yeah. I don't want to judge it too early. It's just why I'm keeping keeping with it. But um, just not feeling it at the moment, really. But, um... And I think a lot of it's got to do with the American aspect of it. Um, do you think it's been Americanized too much? Um, I don't know. I think it has. It just doesn't feel like torture to me anymore. Um, I mean, even Children of Earth, even though, you know, Children of Earth essentially, you know, destroyed everything from the old regime, so to speak. You know, the hub's gone, you know. They're on the run, you know. They can't really use all their, their their special toys anymore. You know, their pet dinosaurs gone. All the all the stuff is gone. Um, but it still felt like torture at the end of the day, and this really doesn't. I mean, I'm just not feeling the the team that they're trying to do. I mean, it's getting there, um, and I do really. I still enjoy seeing you know Jack and Gwen. I think they're they're top. It's the things I actually enjoy the most are the ones with Jack and Gwen and or Reese or Andy or basically mm. the old the, team. The, to- the core. I am fine. The, the original four, yeah, but I, am, I must admit I am finding myself liking Jilly a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's really interesting. And and Oswald Daines, which it's, I don't want to because he's a pedophile and it's just so wrong, but um, I think Bill Pullman fantastic in this i mean yeah, he's doing all the a, actors are doing a really good job yeah. just the story i'm just not feeling it yet but who's to say what i what i'll be saying in five episodes time yeah when they gel together it, it might gel for you <clears throat> one one thing that i spotted that um we haven't mentioned yet is that when oswald danes is talking uh, certainly towards the end of the show he mentions that uh, when he was in prison that Psychor were feeding him different drugs. So, um, although one of the reasons why you said some people are admiring him, uh, like that that woman uh, when Captain Jack's thrown out and that woman said, oh, did you touch him and things like that. Um, Some people think of Oswald... Well, you you know, she was a very funny woman. But the point is, they... Um, some it's people like he has his groupies. Because they thought he, he was 
the first one not to die, if you know what I mean. Because I assume that the execution, I can't remember now, but was done at midnight or something like that. Mm-hmm. So at the stroke of midnight, and it was the midnight, and again, different time zones around the world, it was at different times. Um, because one of the things that they did, I think, in episode one was, at first we thought the times that deaths had stopped had been different, but when you actually take the time zones into account, it was one particular moment all around the world, which was why uh, Captain Jack last episode was talking about a massive, massive morphic field event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think some people think that Oswald Danes was the first one, uh, but I'm wondering whether this, there's more to to him in terms of uh, he'd been primed with these drugs uh, prior to all this. So. Well, Maybe we'll not. see how that plays out. Obviously, FICOR plays a major role in in this, and you know where that leads, we still don't know. I like the the one way where Oswald was so quick to say, "Oh, I'm not saying people should get the drugs free. I'm just saying they could get free access to drugs." I mean, have a friend in America, they don't make a profit out of it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it, yeah, yeah, there've been riots if he said he could give it them for free. But as long as they, as long as they actually still have to pay, it, it, the fact is that there weren't enough doctors to write all the prescriptions for all the people. Because basically, it, it's a little bit like a car pileup, isn't it? Every every accident uh, thing is not really mending. So, you know, at the start you've got the nor- Let's say you've got normally. 10% of the pop- world's population incapacitated, and maybe another 10% on painkillers, maybe even larger than that, I don't know. Let's say 25% in all. You know, a year down the road, that's going to be 30%, 32%. You know. So in 10 years' time, you could have 90% of the population with some sort of um, you know, ongoing uh, pain, re- pain needed, you know, some drugs. Well, that's the whole thing about this episode. That's what's revealed is that you know now we're speculating that somehow you know somehow Fycor uh, knew that this was going to happen and had been preparing for it and to profit from it. So again, we right. have to wait and see how this plays out. Ramana, S- Sam, I'm oh, sorry. Go I ahead. I was just thinking, like you know, again with the changes made to this series. I mean, so far, I mean, this can change, but um, I'm just not sensing the sci-fi-ness of this. Really, I mean, sure, what has happened to everyone seems a little, but like you know, where's the? I don't know. I'm expecting an alien influence in this somewhere. Well, they've they've um, kind of been playing yeah. that down, even when Jack <laughs> says yeah. that you know where when um, Rex questions where are these. Um, contacts came from you know he said from a distant moon from a distant sun from and, a distant star yeah. you know, a, a different star so uh, uh, rex had you know oh well really tell me you know where did you get them because he just was disbelieving that so I, I i don't know we'll see how again we'll see how it plays out but you know right now we were led to believe that there was some sort of alien influence involved whether that turns out to be true or not we don't know well, one of, one of the debates that we see on the TV between two characters, uh, this woman says to this chap, they said that nobody seems to want to admit that there's some sort of alien influence here, but it seems hard to reconcile what's happening with anything that could have occurred on Earth. 
And just related to that bit you mentioned about the thing, I mean, do you want to play that third clip then? Yeah, we're going to... If anybody else wants we're to come play, we're gonna, uh, Just before I do that, I just want to give Ramana a chance to chime in. I know she said she doesn't really remember episode three too much, but do you have... Um, did you want to give a Weevil rating? How many Weevils you would give it? Oh, Weevil rating. Um, <laughs> I, must, um, I must admit this, I am enjoying them as they're going on. So the, the, this is probably... Three, okay. three out of five. Maybe. All right, well, that's not too bad. Um, I'm, it's. I found this one a lot stronger than the first two, and um, but there were moments of it that I wasn't terribly happy with. Like, I didn't feel like the whole Jack and the barman thing was actually needed at all. I didn't see, you know, why was that needed, other than just for some gratuitous, you know, scene. But um, but that's just. You know the shipper in me coming out and just you know yeah, we, we spoke ab- down sometimes. But, um, I think you missed but, it. Yeah, we, like, we spoke a little bit about that earlier, and um, yeah. I, I, I think it was had to. It goes back to uh, Jack and and relationships, and at, at the end of that, he called Gwen, and mm-hmm. you know he realized his own his only real relationship is with Gwen, and 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 with her and him, it's torchwood. But then we it's revealed that that's not that's not a mutual feeling with Gwen because yes. Gwen has a uh, Reese yes. and and the baby. And he's having a bit of a guilt trip as well. I have a huge problem with anything Jack and Gwen in like relation to that. I always have been very anti Jack Gwen romance. Well, I wasn't even speaking on a romantic sense. I was just I was speaking on a family bond type of thing. You know where you know. I didn't feel that. I I didn't see it as a romantic thing. No. No, I didn't either. I thought. I did. I thought he sees Gwen as his link to this time. I mean, obviously, he's not from another planet. He's from Earth, but from a different century. So, Gwen. Again, is that a spoiler? Because that's not been mentioned, has it? Sorry. Uh, th- those people who, who obviously know the backgrounds of the characters from Torchwood may know more than actually has been yet revealed in the series, so apologise for that. But the point is that Gwen is probably his... People know... Well, even, even, even the Rex character thinks that Jack's out of time. You know, he calls him Second World mm. War and so on. But um, the point is that... Um, I think Gwen's his anchor. Yeah, well, it, it's right but now. I it's it's the only relationship he does have. I mean, is with Gwen. I mean, he doesn't. He has no other friends. Uh, you know, he has no other, uh, no one he, he can turn to other than Gwen. True, but I just don't think like I just don't feel like they're exploring much of basically the consequences of Children of Earth in regards to Jack's character. Maybe it might come up again. But it was all promised and everything that, you know, the, all that would be dealt with with this series. And I'm just not seeing it being dealt with yet, really. I mean, maybe it will be. Maybe I'm just expecting a lot more. But, um, but yeah, I'm just, I don't yeah. know. And I should say, I won't say what Dar put, yeah. Uh, I'm misleading people saying that it's not from Earth. Um, but uh, the whole point is that... In, in in current day time, I still think that Gwen is his anchor. Yeah, you're quite right, Darth. So, do we have another clip? Then see if somebody... Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Well, thank you once in. again, Sam. I appreciate your input, as always. That's all right. All right, cheers. Cheers. 
I feel awful. Which is amazing. <laughs> I thought we broke up. Yeah, well, there's work to be done. So they just look like contact lenses, huh? Mm-hmm. Look at the laptop. There's the one piece of torture tech that I kept. It's like a camera, see? That's very, very cool. Where'd mm-hmm. you get it from? Distant moon of a distant star. Ha, ha, ha. Really, where'd you get them from? A distant moon of a distant star. Don't touch my pills. I need that for legitimate pain. I need them, too. You weren't impaled. <laughs> you should have seen the other guy. <laughs> Look at me. I'll say something. My name is Rex Matheson, representing the Central Intelligence Agency. My name is Rex Matheson, presenting the Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> All right. That'll work. I can get inside with those. Problem. The I-5s, they're uh, isomorphic, biometrically tuned into me and me alone. Anyone is going on this mission, it's got to be me. Where's Rex? No. I'm not Rex, I know. Hello, long story. Go back to the meeting and keep Julie Kitzinger there for as long as you can. Go. Oswald Daines. What's he doing there? Tell her to follow Oswald. No, no, no way. Let us stay on the mission. Are you at the meeting yet? Yeah, but it's not a meeting. It's some kind of presentation. All right, well, keep the line open. I want to hear. Hello, and thank you for coming. I'm Congressman Patrick Morgan. Quite later today, I will be introducing legislation to make all prescription drugs available without a prescription. Ain't got a wide one. Let's buy sales by tenfold. Try a thousand. They're cashing in big time. Let me be clear. I'm not calling for free drugs. I'm calling for free access to drugs. Companies like Pfizer tried to help. <clears throat> they put me on a drug regime. With every drug And there you have it. Well, Dave, the biggest revelation that we learn in this story is that lemonade is fizzy in the UK. That's a revelation, is it? Oh, right. <laughs> well, it's not in the U.S., so for many, I think it is. Uh, actually, throughout this whole episode, uh, we see a lot of cultural differences, you know, being explored as far as, uh, you know. He's changing his pants. <laughs> <laughs> but there we have it. That's uh, Torchwood Dead of Night. Now, next week, we'll be reviewing episode four which is Escape to L.A., which has been um, already been transmitted in the U.S. on Stars, And, well, actually, it's Sunday now, so it's been in the U.K. and obviously in Australia. As, I mean, it's been in Canada as well now on space, and um, as, as we heard from Sam just before, in Australia as well. So, And it will be shown on Thursday on BBC One. So we'll be back next Sunday, and um, as we said at the top of the show, we'll be adjusting schedules once Doctor Who comes back on August 27th. So we'll be uh, Doctor Who Pachak will be in this time slot reviewing Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who episodes. So we'll probably be uh, rescheduling Hitchhiker's Guide to either another day or after it or before it. Or, well, we don't want to cut into Cultum, so probably after it. Or, we'll work something out. As always, we'll have information on both of the shows on, well, for Podshock on 
for Dr. Pachak, it's at pachak.net and arttrap.com for Hitchhiker's Guide and, and also Pachak as well. So you can stay tuned and keep up to date by visiting those websites. And we're on the various social networks as well. So be sure to follow us. Dave, any other final thoughts? I'm, I'm going to give this, um, well, initial watching, I was going to give it two and a half weevils, but on the second watching, I'm pushing it up to three weevils. It's it's a good story. It, I mean, it, it's a good episode. It just moves the story along, but it, it doesn't really stand out as, a, you know, if, if you were to pluck it out. And not necessarily that that's a bad thing. It's it just um, brings you from point B to point C, really. And, um, and that's it, really. Dave, what, what was your take on this episode? Uh, well, well, I think again, harping back on the original thing, that if I think if episode one and two had been a a, a full length pilot, you know, a, a ninety minute TV movie, for want of a better word, and then straight into this, I think that it would have flowed more easily. Uh, this seems to have a slightly different uh, air about it, and I don't just mean the fact that uh, we suddenly have uh, the 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 sexual relationships introduced but um, we certainly do learn more we learn uh, a little bit more about Oswald Danes we, we're getting to think that this uh, uh, Kissinger girl is uh, slightly more important than we think the Doctor the Vera character is becoming stronger and stronger to my mind in it uh, and we're also getting the fact that uh, uh, they had the initial bus group, the group but they realised that um, they may be not very strong but separated they're, they're really powerless and uh, and of course Rex is beginning to realize that Torchwood does bring something to the table uh, they're not just a, a, a couple of amateurs from the UK that they do bring some technology to the board don't believe how mm-hmm. they get it there and um, basically I suppose this was more of a setup for what's to come and we have to remember that as you said it, with it being uh, a 10 episode storyline um, we're only really getting into the meat of it this uh, next few episodes. Next episode, of course, is called Escape to L.A. So I don't know whether the, um, the bright, wonderful, colourful world of L.A. will change the mood somewhat, but um, we'll see. And how many weevils would you give it? Oh, maybe not quite four, just under four. Um, three and a half? Uh, yeah, well, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if you want to give your weevil waiting, we have uh, we have a poll on Podshock.net, and we put that up every week. So you can go to Podshock.net and give and vote in the poll there. The the polls stay active for about eight weeks or so, so you have plenty of time, depending on when you listen to this, to uh, to give to chime in and give your rating there for all episodes of Tortured and Doctor Who. And uh, speaking of Doctor Who, the latest Doctor Who Podshock is out, and we uh, we have Terror. Uh, Wheeler on the show with us, and she gives a full account of San Diego Comic Con, which took place last weekend. And um, so there was a. Torture- I hope she's feeling better, by the way. I was listening yes, to during the she, of that. She has concred. You know, when you get sick after a convention or a trade show, <laughs> it's, it's um, so she had this this uh, concred, but it's it's San Diego Comic Con concred, so it's it's a bit. <laughs> but I'm, hopefully she's feeling better. She she was coughing it up while we were recording last week. So, um, but again, contact cycle. Yeah, really. I'm sure she, she, they have a drug for her. So uh, you can go to Pachak.net and catch it there. It's available on iTunes um, as this show is, and as is Colton Collector, which Dave hosts with along with Ian Bissett, the Sixth Doctor, or as he's known on um, on Twitter. So. 
Dave, why don't you tell people how they can find the Cultum Collective, which is um, which is live on Sundays as well, right before us at 2 p.m. Yeah, well, along with Ian, the six top two's birthday is today. Happy oh, is it? Ian. Uh, I have to wish yeah, him a happy birthday. And, um, it's on Torch ID five four eight two one. We uh, did today about uh, years one to three of Harry Potter. Uh, of course, today is um, the birthday of J.K. Rowling, so we timed that nicely. The uh, Pottermore website is just open for people to uh, um, put their names down for, which is, of course, since this show is uh, British Guide to... Sci- Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. I know, it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, um, the Pottermore uh, site is it's not open. Uh, Romana told me that it, it doesn't actually officially open until October, but people can pre-register for it. Um, so uh, luckily we timed it nicely for her b- birthday uh, today. Um, we're not sure w- how we're going to use the next couple of weeks. We're revisiting Harry Potter, certainly. Uh, and then, of course, when Dot 2 comes back, we will move to that. And we may well do a Torchwood mid-season uh, review. But t- as I say, uh, that's Torchwood ID 54821. And it's available on iTunes as well and um, on your website. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Thanks for listening, and uh, hope you can join us again next week. So, cheers, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. You can send feedback to feedback at Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi.com. To support this podcast, visit ArtTrap.com and click the donate button. It's the only way we can bring you this show. You can also shop there at the Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi there for swag, including shirts, mugs, and other sort of trinkets with the show's logo, and you'll be supporting the podcast. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions. Visit arttrap.com for more on this and other podcasts.